Uh, thanks very much for coming, everyone. Um, as Rob said, I'm Ben Crothers. I'm the creator of the Naughton Gallery, uh, which is based within Queen's University up in Belfast. And um, the purpose of today's discussion is really to look at um, illustration within a gallery context and looking how it fits within um, the wider visual arts and how it in many ways sits slightly apart uh, to other arts. So I think just to begin, we'll just run down the panel and introduce ourselves and um, take things from there. So. Hello, um, my name is Fiona McDonald. So I am a Belfast-based freelance illustrator but I also work as the illustration agency manager for Us Folk. So Us Folk is Belfast's first and only illustration agency. So I sort of split my time between both roles, which are quite different, but both very much involved in like the world of illustration. So that's me. Hi, I'm Sonia. Hi, I'm Jackie. Um, I'm also a Belfast-based freelance illustrator, but I'm from Dublin originally. I've moved up to Belfast. Um, oh, close to a decade ago now, just to go to art university there and just stayed. Um, I'm also part of Us Folk, as are we all actually yeah. thinking about it, um, as one of the illustrators based there. So I work out of the studio there as well. Okay, hi, um, I'm Holly Pereira um, and I'm an illustrator and muralist. I studied fine art in NCAD um, and I practiced as a painter for about seven years, but I got sick of being broke. So I moved into illustration. Hi everyone, I'm Stephen. Uh, I'm also a freelance uh, illustrator uh, based in Belfast. Uh, I've been working in the field for about uh, seven years now. I started in about 2010. I don't actually have a background in uh, any arts. I suppose I'm kind of a naive artist in a way that I, I started making work in my bedroom and uh, made things for like local bands and things. And then eventually it progressed and I got more and more uh, various types of commissions. And um, now I can work full time on it. I've been working full time for last seven years and um, yeah also a member of Asfouk um, yeah okay um, I suppose I wanted to begin by picking up on something Holly and Steve both said there um, just about their education and kind of how they came into illustration um, and you've all had quite sort of varied um, kind of entryways into the industry I wonder if you could each kind of maybe talk a little bit about that and we can take things from there will I go first yeah. <laughs> okay um, so I think my entry into illustration was fairly like straightforward, to be honest. Um, I really liked art in school, and then I decided I wanted to study. So I did a foundation year in University of Ulster up in Belfast, where you kind of do a little bit of everything. And I had never heard of illustration before then. And I guess for me, I'd always loved drawing and art. But I remember like in school, I would always prefer my like sketches to like the paintings I would do. So whenever I did my foundation, I discovered illustration was a thing that seemed to be a lot more kind of like line and like graphic based, which really appealed to me. So then I moved to Norwich in England. So I studied at Norwich University of the Arts and it was just a straight up BA honors in illustration. But um, after I graduated, I had that usual sort of lost feeling, like I didn't really know what I was gonna do. So I did what I think a lot of people do and I moved home to get a job and save some money and figure out what I was gonna do next. And I worked full time for like a year in a retail job. I was saving money. And just before I had, so I was like literally starting to look at like moving to London or back to Norwich. Cause I sort of felt like at that stage, if I wanted to pursue illustration, I had to be in one of these big major cities. But by sheer chance, I got an email from Mel Carroll, who's our director at Us Folk, inviting me to join the agency, explaining that they were starting up. And then as soon as Us Folk started, I made that like my full-time kind of studio space. Whenever I wasn't working, I was in there kind of developing my practice and getting more and more freelance work. And then eventually that led to me working there for the last year as the illustration agency manager. So I studied illustration, but I definitely didn't expect to go into the role that I am now within the agency, which is a lot more kind of like project management based and like managerial. So I'm still doing the creative thing that I always thought I was gonna do in my practice, but illustration has led into a role for me that I wasn't expecting to, so yeah, that's my story. Um, so mine is pretty straightforward as well. I actually went to um, Ulster Uni University as well. Um, I did the core year down here actually, um, just in Colossia Dulig, um, just to test some stuff out. But then I went to Ulster University and I actually went to do graphic design originally because I didn't realize illustration was a thing either. Um, uh, you know, I, again, did art at school, that sort of stuff. But no one tells you that illustration was a thing because it just wasn't back then. Like this is like, I'm talking as if it's like a million years ago, but it was like, you know, it was, it was 10 years ago. So it, it genuinely wasn't remotely as popular 
as it is now. Like, I think there's a course in illustration in NCD now as well. Like, that's just focused on it, which is amazing. It was absolutely unheard of back then. But, um, so yeah, I went to do graphic design. So my degree is actually in graphic design and illustration. Um, I focused on illustration in my final year and kind of figured out that path and then worked, came out again, wanted an actual regular paying job as well as doing freelance illustration. So I worked as a graphic designer for years. I worked in advertising. I was a creative and a production manager there. So again, like Fiona, was not experience I was kind of expecting to have or go into, but it's, um, you know, served me well now. I work fully freelance now and have for the past, like close to a year or so. Um, but it's good at managing deadlines, that sort of stuff. Um, um, so I started in NCAD in 2000 um, and I studied sculpture and Philip Napier, if I'm sure most of you know him, was one of the tutors and it was very conceptual so it was about space and time and ideas and it didn't really matter, I don't think, what came out but it was very abstract uh, and then when I left I was kind of making like really bad video art and performance art, like very terrible stuff on videotape and when I left college I didn't have a computer because no one had computers computers then, you know, like laptops. Um, so I couldn't make my bad video art anymore. Um, so I decided to start painting because I did have paints and I was like, oh, I, I always enjoyed painting. Um, but I started illustrating in 2011. Um, and I think it's, illustration seems to be the, the midway point between design and fine art. So you're still making images that you have your own concerns, uh, but there's a brief as well and you get paid. Um, so that's why I love illustration. Yeah, uh, yeah, I like getting paid too. It's really good. Uh, no, it's it's interesting that you say that. That it's almost uh, for me as well. Like illustration came out of this desire to create things, and I always wanted. Like whenever I um, studied, I studied English and history of art at Queens. But every time I would take a history of art class. I would come out of that class, whether we'd been studying painting or photography or sculpture, and I'd be like, oh, I want to do that now. I'd never was able to uh, zero in and focus. And then because drawing was easy to do, because all you need to do is pick up a pen uh, or a pencil, a piece of paper, it was kind of like, um, it was easy to access and it, it was something born out of necessity. Like I felt like, oh, I really want to draw. Like I really want the instant gratification of making an image. Um, and there was no, there didn't need to be like a concept or an idea or anything behind it that was particularly strong or was going to lead further into much more work. It was just this kind of instant, like, uh, I want to do this or I want to make a comic or I want to draw something for a product, like uh, make something up for like a Coca-Cola advert or something. Uh, so it became like this um, release for me to do. And then eventually uh, the more stuff that I put online and share with people, uh, more people responded to it. And then different clients, commercial clients would get in touch, like newspapers and magazines and um, um, even advertising agencies and things like that came along as the years went on. And um, yeah, it's uh, really interesting that it's it's not something that I really focused on as like, this is the one thing I wanted to be, but it just gradually evolved into that and became like this all-consuming passion for me just to put pen to paper. The gratification of making marks on paper is so pleasurable. And then, um, with the exception of Steve, we've all been through the art college kind of system, I suppose. Um, Holly in a slightly different context, but did, kind of to Fiona and Jackie, did you feel very much that you were very separate to fine art when you were studying there? Did it feel like there was a distinction very much between what you were working on and then how fine art was kind of considered within that context. And I suppose, Holly, you had the flip side of that, that you were working within a fine art context, but maybe would have been more drawn to the likes of illustration. And were you aware of that at the time, or is that something you kind of look back more Yeah, it was very separate in Ulster anyway, for sure. Um, like, we had a completely different part of the building. We were actually kind of lumped in with architecture and um, animation and photography because it was all kind of classed under visual communication rather than um, fine art and fine art was actually in the 
a building that's gone now. The Orpheus building was a beautiful old building that's unfortunately knocked down, but that was where the fine art practice all was. And you weren't even really allowed, you're not meant to even go over there, essentially. <laughs> like there was a bridge. And if you went over, everyone would be looking at you like, what are you doing over here? Like you could smell the graphic designer off you practically. <laughs> but uh, we would go over occasionally to do like, we were allowed to do printmaking. Like I kind of forced myself into doing screen printing because I, I, it's something I really love. Um, but yeah, there was definitely a distinction and you were classed differently, kind of. I think like our work wasn't taken as seriously, I think, as fine artists was. Even though illustration is conceptual a lot of the time, it can be very highbrow and there's no reason for it to be um, any less than fine art, really. Yeah, no, it was definitely the same in um, North University of the Arts, like very separate buildings. It felt like the space, like I think in fairness, like fine art, you need bigger space, like you need more room because, you know, people are doing all sorts of stuff. But it did feel very separate. But the funny thing was, it was separate in terms of like the university, but the students themselves, there was massive crossover. So like in my year, like I had a lot of friends in fine art, a lot of friends in graphic design and illustration. And for like my three years there, there were several people who originally were in fine art and then transferred to illustration and like vice versa. Because again, I think whenever you're a practitioner, like like you say, like like some illustrations you do can be very like conceptual and like you think about it in the same kind of way as you would approach a fine art piece. So yeah, in terms of the system, the university treated it very differently and the tutors wouldn't have like given you the time, I think, like if I had approached one of the fine art tutors, they wouldn't have necessarily engaged with me in the same way. But amongst the students, there was like a lot of crossover, a lot of discussion, which was really nice. Like it was cool to hear about what kind of work they were making. And I think they enjoyed hearing about what we did as well. Um, when we were studying fine art, um, we looked down on the graphic designers because we're like, oh, those sellouts, they're going to get jobs. Uh, which then we started kicking ourselves when we left college and didn't have a job. Um, but I'm kind of glad that I went, that I started in fine art and then went to design because the stuff like the learning how to use Photoshop, using how programs like that, I, you can pick that up by yourself. But I like that. I, I think the one thing that I learned in art college was like to have a large overview and to be able to think kind of really conceptually about things um, and I kind of like that even though I was really frustrated at the time because I hate art speak and I hate um, critical diagnosis of things I just like to make stuff that I like the look of um, but yeah um, I suppose to give you a little bit of context into um, my own research, um, really from university and right through like programming at different galleries I've worked in, and particularly the Naughton Gallery of Queens, I've particularly focused on comics and illustration and looking at how they work within a gallery context. Um, I suppose within my own research, I was seeing that you weren't seeing um, work by comic artists, cartoonists, illustrators in galleries as much as I felt they maybe should have been. Um, and I wonder if working as illustrators, you ever sort of had those aspirations to see your work in galleries, or did you see that as something that was sort of cut off from you? You've made a decision to do illustration work. It's more commercial. You maybe see your work in like magazines, ad campaigns. Did you see a gallery context as something that was sort of cut off to you once you made that commitment to go down an illustration route? Um, I don't. I didn't ever necessarily think about it too much. Uh, I never really worried about getting into gallery spaces because I was always because uh, the way illustration works, you kind of move from job to job, uh, uh, or you you hope to anyway. You you, you kind of hop on and off um, this kind of roller coaster of ups and downs, peaks and troughs, times when you're busy, times when you're not. So uh, I never really uh, had that as a focus. It was always at the back of my mind. But uh, from time to time, I would get invited to participate in shows and be in gallery shows and things. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was never anything that I particularly stressed about or, 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 or thought about. I just wanted to um, create my own thing. I was always very driven not to, um, I suppose this is kind of like an artist in a way, like the, or the way I would think about it what a visual artist is, is that they create the work that they want to and they don't uh, curb themselves to fit into anything anybody else tells them to, or that at least that should be the way it is, right? Your It's personal expression. And that's why I've always approached my illustration work is that I don't think to myself, right, today I'm going to draw uh, a nice bunch of flowers and that will get me work with um, the... Chilsea, yeah, yeah, the flower show or something, interflores, and then that will. So I don't target my work. I always want to make 
what I want to make and then it leads to jobs because I think in illustration you have to be that you have to stand out you can't follow the crowd or else you get lost in the crowd uh, so I think that's a similarity between visual artists and il illustrators is that you have to be an individual sorry I kind of went off on a tangent there Not about right. the gallery, yeah. but, uh, anyway um, yeah, I suppose even kind of picking what you're saying there, it's that idea. I think um, some people have a perception of illustration. You're just working to briefs, but you know whether it's a you know like a drinks company or whatever it might be, they're coming to you because you do have a distinct style and a distinct aesthetic, and they yeah. want to work with you. You know, you're not a robot who just creates an image that they've come up with. You're working to briefs, and um, there is that like creative kind of like self identity. Um, within that, yeah. I think that's kind of a recent development, though, because I know, like, maybe 10, 15 years ago, like, there was a branch of illustration that really was, like, you were a pencil for hire. Like, I work in 10 different styles. I can do every kind of yeah. job you do. And, like, totally fair enough. Like, maybe yeah. some people really enjoy that variety, but it definitely is a recent development that you can be an illustrator, I think, with a very distinctive style, and it's your work. And you kind of, like, I hate using this word, but you're, like, a brand as such, and, like, yeah. your work is a brand. You have to... And it's like you are saying earlier, like, you are a business as well, so they cross over quite a lot, I think. But it takes a long time to get to that point where you have an identifiable style, um, and that's kind of... It's hard to get to that point. I, I find it hard. I think I was working for five years constantly illustrating and only then started to see recognizable style that was able to be a brand. Um, but yeah. And then I suppose moving back a little bit into what I was saying about the gallery context, um, I suppose the flip side of it is that why does it need to be in a gallery to be considered art and why can't it exist? You know, whether it's like a mural, I know Holly, you do a lot of mural work or whether it's um, an ad campaign, it shouldn't really be looked at unless even, um, in fact, all of you kind of worked in comics, with the exception of Holly, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and looking at how people interact with comics as a medium, it's something they can read in their house. It doesn't need to be in like the white walls of a gallery. Um, and that's a really exciting thing about illustration that it can work both in and outside of a gallery context. And it shouldn't necessarily, it doesn't need like, oh wow, it's in a gallery, now it's art. It should be able to exist as that in any kind of context. Um, and I suppose whether, like how you see your work kind of fitting within that. I don't know, for me, shows are a luxury because they cost money to make. Not, you're not going to make the money back that you put into it. So it's kind of, I would see it as like a maybe twice every two years or every three years having a show to celebrate what you've done, but it's not essential. And it's not your main focus or source of income even, but it is a luxury. Yeah. I think it's exciting as well how you can kind of um, come across your work in different contexts and whether, you know, it's political illustrations or things like that. And you can disrupt, you know, whether, you know, it's on the street through a mural or, you know, through an ad campaign in a magazine, um, like posters for events, that kind of thing. And how you can kind of get your style out into the streets and you're actually interacting with a lot more people. I suppose the frustration of many artists is that, you know, they can't get people into the galleries to see their work. And if only people would come across their work in a different kind of context, they would maybe link in more, but um, you, know, as, you know, when you work within the arts, you're very used to the gallery being sort of like a friendly or inviting space. You're kind of used to a gallery context, but if you forget that there's a lot of people who aren't, um, and you guys maybe have the opportunity to interact with people you know, who wouldn't see themselves as sort of a regular sort of gallery goer. Um, yeah, no, I think there's definitely like a certain amount it's hard to say, like, there is something so lovely about seeing your work in a gallery, and I think a lot of the time it's a group show. Like, it'd be very rarely just one illustrator, so that's kind of the nice thing about it. Like, I know yourself, like, you've put on several exhibitions that are, like, a variety of illustrators, and it's really nice to sort of see how even you would kind of group these people together and show different kind of contexts within their work and everything, and that's really enjoyable. But, like, I know, for instance, like, Us Folk would put on quite a lot of exhibitions, so our main one we have every year, like, we very, like, at at the time, it seemed like a good idea, but we've been going for about four years, and the first Us Folk exhibition, which launched the agency, was just called Us Folk, and then next year we called it Us Folk 2, Us Folk 3, so it's kind of like film sequels, but everybody thinks it's like our birthday, and yeah, yeah. But um, the main focus of them is, A, to introduce any new illustrators we've signed to the agency, and also just kind of like a celebration to ourselves. Like, we are a business and an agency, like we have clients, we have meetings, like all that sort of day-to-day -day stuff you have to do. But at the end of the day, we are all a group of creatives and really enjoy making work together and putting the work on show and like celebrating it. So there's like that aspect of it as well. Like so, like it is for fun and it is for pleasure. And it's kind of like reminding yourself like 
yeah, I really enjoy what I do. Like, this is my passion, this is my craft. And I also find personally a lot of the work I've made for exhibitions specifically is some of my favorite work because there is no brief sometimes. Like, it is just you getting a chance to make work like whatever you want, which is quite refreshing. Yeah. And that's the moment. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, with illustration, it's it, it, you kind of can have a dialogue with an audience really easily, and uh, it's kind of ready-made in a way. Whenever you uh, share your work online, it's there's something about there's something immediate about illustration where, um, like for example, if I was to make a comic and then share ten panels of a comic on Instagram, people can scroll through that and then they comment and interact, and you have conversations with people. So there's this immediacy to it, which I don't know whether it devalues it in a gallery context because it's so immediate and almost disposable in a way like comics have always been viewed as disposable because of the way they've been printed and the way you can discard them um but i i really like that i really like being able to share work really quickly and to have to to invite people into it and uh, have a particip participatory element to it um yeah so uh, that's something that i i find a lot of value in is uh the immediacy, the, I suppose it's commercial in a way, but that maybe that gets more people to come into a gallery in future where there's an illustration show because they've, um, they've had this interaction with the artists themselves. But again, you can extend that to a visual artist as well. I'm sure that on their Instagram profiles, they're sharing things too that invite the viewer in and, and that you develop a closeness or a, an idea of who that person is. Again, it goes back to that brand idea is that you're this island that yeah. people can attach themselves to. Yeah, I think illustration is a really accessible way for like a lot of people that wouldn't be that mad into art to actually get into art and to view art. Like um, one of my regular jobs like a couple of years ago was to actually draw memes for the lad Bible, like, <laughs> which is mental, but like it was a regular slot and they were such good crack and I got like a lot of feedback from them and people really enjoyed them. And these are like, you know, teenage boys that do not give a shite about art at all. But the reaction was really good. And, you know, I think you can get your message across out there in a more, like, accessible kind of fun way than, like, a lot of fine art might seem like it's inaccessible to a lot of people. I suppose my thing, having friends who are uh, fine artists, uh, whenever they create um, a body of work and you, you, you see it in the gallery context, there's been years of thinking and planning and deep diving into that that they've been uh, tearing themselves apart for, for for years. And then you talk to them about it and you find out all this context and meaning behind it. And it's incredible to go into it. Um, so whenever I create an image, it's like, oh, it's been a week thinking about this particular topic. <laughs> I made this image, and here it is, and it's very plain and easy to disassemble and take apart, which I love to do. Um, so that, that, that immediately gets people in quite quickly, I find. And then kind of looking maybe more sort of the business side of illustration, I think that is what defines it quite separately. It's not that it's commercial, it's that it's slightly more business oriented than a, a lot of art would be. Um, we could maybe touch on your experience of working with um, different companies or brands and how you kind of balance that idea between um, like individual style and fulfilling a brief or um, you know, maybe not feeling comfortable working with certain brands because of what they represent and how maybe it doesn't fit with your brand, if you want to put it that way, you know, and I'm managing those kind of relationships and the more kind of like practical side of being an illustrator, being a business. Where do you even start, like? Yeah. You know? <laughs> that was a very... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's always going to be conflicts of interest, and sometimes, you know, at the end of the day, you're self-employed. Sometimes you need the money, and you're just going to do it. Yeah. Like, those things for Lad Bible, like, my work is generally quite feminist and quite political, so doing memes for the Lad Bible <laughs> is not something I thought I would ever do, but I was like, you know what? It's good crack. It's not, I didn't have to do anything, like, misogynistic or anything. Like, obviously, I wouldn't do that. And then, like, there's certain... You, but that can come from any client. You could have, I've had clients before, like I would work mainly in editorial, so a lot of illustration for magazines. And I've had clients say to me, no, that person is too fat. That person, I don't want a person of color. I don't want this, yada, yada, yada. And like... Yeah, it'd be nice to lighten skin and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. Like I got told the other day to for an Irish magazine to make someone look local because <laughs> I'd made her... She was black, and I was like, "That's absolutely mental." <laughs> like, I could, I could totally out you on the internet right now, but I won't. <laughs> like, but uh, so there is gonna, there is that. You are still obviously, it's not so much that you're a pen for hire these days, but you are still to a degree a pen for hire. Like, you're doing a job and you're fulfilling a brief, and you've got a client to appease. So sometimes there is 
a very there's a tangle between your morals and what you think is right and what you think works best for the work and what the client thinks works best for the work. I'm sure it's probably the same with fine art though with like if you're working with a curator or something like that where people would have input and feedback into your work that you might not necessarily agree with but you just kind of have to take it on. Do yeah, you, I think oh, sorry. I was going to ask do you ever push back on people other artists? Well yeah I was going to pick up on that from a curatorial point of view I feel like if um, someone has a solo show at the gallery as much as I feel I can give them advice and maybe how we can put the show together maybe what pieces work better than others within the show I would never go back and say oh I think this should be blue or like this should be and kind of like you know I feel like I can't comment on their work they should be able to make whatever work they want to make but my job I suppose is to enhance that through a hang or a presentation or what text we put alongside the show um, but for you guys it literally could be somebody going back and saying I don't like that start again or no this is wrong and how you, you know as much as it's a job for you guys you're obviously putting work into it and how you kind of balance like not being offended with also being slightly removed that it isn't your personal kind of practice I know you all work in a you know you all have sort of your personal um, illustration practices that would set out a commercial work that you would do um, and how you kind of separate that in your head and be like this is a job that's what they want but also make sure that you're staying true to your style and your identity within your work I think sometimes it's about managing your ego to be honest and like I think that is probably the handy thing actually about coming from an art school background is you're literally been cr critiqued into the ground every week for the past three or four years so you kind of can go all right well I'll take that feedback grand I'll take that on board but yeah it is just a case of managing your ego and sometimes a job just turns out to be a job and it's not it might not go into your portfolio you might not tell anyone you've done it you might just be like yeah that was me if someone asks but you're not gonna go out and scream it to the world unfortunately I think the tricky thing comes in with like like that's like in university yeah but that's like your tutor who is a practicing illustrator like has years of experience but some clients like have no art background at all yeah. and they've never commissioned a piece of illustration before, like may very well have never been in a gallery and they're asking you to do things that you're like on a fundamental level, this is a bad idea. Like, I, they'll, like they'll that, send you other people's work and go like, can you make it like that? And you're like, you're like no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I think that's the thing I find really tricky is that to like a certain extent, yes, I am a pen for hire and I want to make you a piece of work you're really happy with, like genuinely, but you know, at what point do I get to turn around and be like, I'm technically the expert here, like, you know, and trying to convince them to sort of go down the direction you want to go. I think one thing you, I didn't expect to get good at was like negotiation between like, you know, getting paid like a fair fee, like there's all this dance around like vague <laughs> amounts of money What's and like time. Yeah. <laughs> and then also like just like, putting out like a schedule as well and them understanding that like you can't email me at, at midnight being like I need these 10 changes done by tomorrow morning you know and like I don't think it comes from a bad place a lot of the time but it's just that lack of experience and not understanding how long it actually takes to draw something sometimes and how like little changes aren't that little you know. Being a freelance illustrator sometimes feels like cycling a unicycle while juggling things and being like a show person as well and singing this crazy song. You're like distracting the client and going, oh, I can do this as well. Um, but yeah, it's a bit of a juggle. That, that's what's nice about us work as well is that whenever you have this, um, like effectively a middleman uh, speaking to the client on your behalf, they can um, help steer them uh, in different ways. So if the client comes back and goes like, oh, do you mind if we, I've had a new idea for this, can we just start it again? Then someone like Fiona will step in and sort of say, well, actually, you know, can we temper it this way or do this? Or can we add more money onto the budget for the artist if we're going to change it all? So it, it's really nice to have someone that's not you that is directly talking to the client because then it sort of feels like a David and Goliath type of situation. Yeah, I've definitely noticed since like starting the job that going in, like having like just the Ausfolk logo in like your email signature, like does, like some clients will take you more seriously if you're going under like a business name, which is kind of the benefits of agencies like Ausfolk. But it's still frustrating, you know, like you're like, I'm still a person, like you should take me just as seriously. But no, it's a bit like, um, you know, gallery representation for artists. It's like a buffer between, yeah. you know, other galleries and, you know, if they want to have a show that they're going through, like they're representing gallery. Um, us folk, I suppose, helps professionalize things in a way where, as you say, if you've just got a Gmail account and you don't know who's emailing you, it could be really legitimate stuff. It could be amazing 
brand opportunities. It could be kind of people like wasting time, you know, and and it, going through a company sort of legitimizes that. So kind of linking it to us folk, um, it'd be great to talk a little bit more about that and how it's um, built up a community of illustrators, not only locally but internationally. And um, I suppose any kind of freelance work or whether you're an artist or illustrator or whatever you might be, it can be quite lonely. And it's a lot of like time in a studio by yourself. And I think us folk um, is really commendable for creating a community um, very much in Belfast, there's a, there's a real like local feel to it, but then also the fact that there's a whole international roster of artists that you work with. Um, I can talk a little bit about how, how that sort of changes things and you feel that you maybe have allies rather than competitors, if that maybe makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like that, I think, is like, at least from my own personal experience from joining Us Folk, it was going from sitting at a desk by myself in my bedroom because like I couldn't afford a studio space, like, you know, and like, again, like you say, it's very lonely work. And sometimes when you're on your own too long, like, you know, that little thought of like self-doubt, like kind of sort of creeps into your head and you're like, oh, you know, how much do I charge for this? Is this even good anymore? Like, what do I do? Like, did it, it can be very overwhelming. But, and really it's like very commendable of Mel Carroll, our director, that whenever he started the agency, so we have a studio based in Belfast. And whenever he started it, he purposely made it, open and free to use to every single Lost Folk illustrator. Like it was a free studio space, like Wi-Fi, coffee. So all like the practical things that you need to work, but also like the fact that this was, there was this open space, you had the likes of like myself and Jackie and like Steve and Paul Riding, who's another Belfast based illustrator and Jimmy Beard. Like all, like there's loads of Belfast illustrators who I had never met before, like didn't even really know. I had heard of like Jackie's work and like Steve's work and stuff, but meeting all these different illustrators and seeing like the work they were making was like really inspiring because it's that idea of like you know if you can see somebody else doing it it makes you believe you can do it because again like I mentioned earlier I had every intention of moving away from Belfast after I'd saved up some money because I did believe I couldn't like make it there but whenever us folks started like meeting all these illustrators it was really really lovely and like really inspiring to think I can stay in the city that I love like I do love living in Belfast and still be an illustrator and like make it. And if anything, I think I'm a better illustrator than I would have been if I had moved off to London, because then I would definitely have been sitting on my own in a small, tiny flat, like working by myself. But yeah, I think it's like the solidarity aspect of it's really nice. Um, even just like, again, whenever you leave university, like you do miss that kind of feedback, like culture and like that critique, because, you know, you're always going to be your worst critic and having like especially illustrators at different stages of their careers. So you have people who have been doing it like for years, they do it full time. And then you have people who are at the same level as you, like you get all these different kind of perspectives of feedback, which I think just makes you a better practitioner. So, and yeah, also it's just good crack. Like it's just a really nice place to go into every day. And it's really nice people. So, yeah. I think we are lucky though as well, just like us focus aside, illustration, like illustrators are quite, you know, community focused and like there is a really communal kind of feeling towards illustration. Like even people just from the UK and Ireland, like you would interact quite a lot and everyone's so supportive of each other. And I think we're all really lucky in that way. It's not as competitive as other art forms where people might be quite bitchy or catty. Like I don't think I've ever met an illustrator that was an arse. <laughs> But I think it's because if you pursue illustration, it's because you really love it. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not like the easy way out, if you know what I mean. Like, you have to be very dedicated. And like, yeah, there's like solidarity in that, I think. I suppose it's that idea of, um, especially if you know, you probably see this most as um, uh, working within us folk, you kind of see a lot of the pitches coming in and you probably see a lot of stuff you would like to do, but you kind of have to take that hat off. And I suppose across the board, you know, um, you might be pitching for similar projects, but or the same project even, but rather than being annoyed that somebody's got it, you're kind of happy because there is that sense of community within... Oh my God, yeah, yeah, of course, like absolutely. And I think the really nice thing about that is that with us folk, so whenever a like, potential job comes in, a lot of the time what we do is like, we'll send a quote for the work, but also we send like a PDF of like five to six different us folk illustrators that either they've requested or we would recommend. And then it's just a case of whoever's best for the job so it's not a case of like because sometimes I think what can happen is you know you hear for the grapevine that like several different illustrators have all been approached by the same big company for this job and they've been asked to quote for it and 
basically what will more than likely happen is they'll just go forever to the cheapest. But what happens a lot is actually these illustrators, like you're saying, get in contact with each other and are like, what are you going to quote for it? Let's all go in with the same price. So it is a matter of just who is the best for the job. And that's how it works with us folk. And I think that's like, yeah, it takes out that competitive mm. sort of element to it. I think there's definitely like a sense of making sure that we're all doing the best practice and like not doing ourselves a disservice by getting paid like a really low amount, you know, like everyone's kind of happy and open to talking about pricing because, you know, if someone goes in and says, oh yeah, you know what, I'll do, like if they're say a new graduate or something and they get approached by an ad agency to do something and they're like, oh yeah, you know, I'll do that for like 200 pound. Yeah. And then someone else is quoted like, you know, 10 grand. Yeah. <laughs> which the, is a fair price. Which is a fair like, price and like, for and like a lot of stuff. And it's not the shooting's no. fault either. Like, no, you know, it's not, but it's good to have those like open dialogues so that, you know, we're not, fucking ourselves over essentially because <laughs> it devalues the work and then makes it a less legitimate like career yeah, yeah. i feel like it's a discussion that's started to happen a lot more in the last couple of years as well the association of illustrators just started that campaign this year for fair pricing and stuff like that um but yeah it's really important to and i think stuff like social media has really led to that too like loads of people basically bitching about it on twitter going like who's undercutting out there and things has led to more official campaigns about it and that can only benefit the industry as a whole that more people know how to price how to license have contracts that kind of thing yeah i think that um like stevie mentioned earlier like there's a disposable element to the work and i think that's where um it probably differs mostly to fine art in the sense that um an artist might make a work that's a thousand pounds or a thousand euro or whatever, um, you might be commissioned to make something for that amount of money, but that final artwork is never worth that, if that makes sense. Am I, if I'm explaining that right? <laughs> like, yeah, oh, Do you mean that it can be like reproduced and obviously it's going to yeah, be... Yeah, like, and that there isn't context, sort of like a so, final painting, yeah. sculpture, artwork, but there's still value in the commissioning process of yeah, it, yeah. But, but that piece can be used in a variety of different ways or isn't a final product that in years to come can be sold on for that money again. Um, I think that really sets it apart. I think that's probably, yeah, probably a massive difference is usage because obviously I suppose like as a visual artist or like a fine artist, you don't have to think of usage or like paying for copyright and that kind of thing. Whereas, you know, like as illustrators, you're really never meant to sign your copyright over to anyone unless they're paying you a stupid amount of money. But, um, you know, you do license out your work for a certain number of months or a certain limited print run or whatever. So, Also, yeah, I would say, um, when you're speaking about copyright as well, um, definitely I feel you see a lot more illustrators work kind of like being ripped off by brands and that kind of thing. You see that a lot more. Um, uh, Zara was in the news a couple of years ago. It was an artist we worked with, um, an illustrator from LA called Tuesday Basson, and they literally copied like all of her designs and put them on their clothes and... Um, her lawyers wrote to them and they basically said, well, we're a bigger company, we can do this. You know, it's just a lot of disrespect. Um, and is that something you've kind of faced within your work? Do you see um, kind of copies out there or people you know and, and how you kind of like deal with that and sort of protect your own work? I don't have any direct experience with it. I think it's more like... Yeah, no, I've personally never... I think with, like, sh like students, I guess, or, like, new graduates, especially because, like, I would lecture part-time as well, so you would see students that have clearly seen your work or one of the other guys from guy? Us Folk, yeah. and you're just like, that's, that's one of mine from, like, <laughs> six years ago, but okay, cool. Um, if we, no, like, graduates yeah. who you go to, yeah. um, you always see someone that's gone and has taken a lot of influence from another more established <laughs> illustrator. But like, that's maybe the pressure of the environment where they're like, oh God, I need an oh, idea. Yeah. And like you were saying, Holly, like it takes you five years mm. or more to develop your own individual style. So I can understand why younger students would pull from Oh yeah, illustrators I would never ever blame students for no, no, that, I don't, like I don't at all. But that. the only, the annoying thing is then, like there'd be certain like bigger illustrators, obviously not myself, but like people that are quite well renowned that other people would copy their style off of. And then if certain companies can't get the budget for the bigger illustrator, they'll go to the wee copycat illustrator. And that's something I've noticed a wee bit in Belfast. I'm not going to name any names, but um like there, there do be copycats out there that I can get for cheaper. So I suppose that's kind of a integrity issue that you could have sometimes. But. Again, I think the client has to take a certain amount of responsibility for that as well. You know, 
But yeah, it is a tricky one. As soon as you get into like, you know, who's original and who's not original, because like, and yeah, I think, I know like looking back at like my work whenever I graduated, it is very different to what I do now. So yeah. Yeah, you have to start somewhere, you know, like everyone's, no idea comes out of nothing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, yeah, the copycat thing's a bit mad. But like, who wants to be like a, a crap version of someone really yeah. good? Do you know what I mean? Like, no one's aiming for that in their life. <laughs> I'm just glad you've got about 10 minutes left. Um, someone to open up the floor if anyone had any questions um, for the panel. Um, we can keep talking, but I just want to make sure everyone had an opportunity to ask any questions that they might have. Rob's helpfully got Mike there. Oh, yeah, sorry, we didn't really explain that yet. So, um, yeah, there's about 60 slides here that we've got running through. So, um, yeah, there's a, um, there's about a quarter of each artist's work here. So, um, that's Jackie there. You can shout out, yeah, that's Jackie. That's <laughs> Stephen, <me>. yeah. <laughs> Should we just shout out when it's ours? That's me next time. That's, me. <laughs> that's lovely, Steve. Thanks. I wonder who that is. <laughs> Hopefully, if you want to be nice, well, maybe not. That'd be so handy. Come on. Oh, no, it's me again. <laughs> we'll give it a shot if you want to The introduction area on with regard to the um, equilibrium of payment towards fine artists is very encouraging. But the, what I do get uh, as a fine artist, what I do get is that there's a dichotomy with the work that I see being put up with regard to what I'm hearing. And it all boils down to money at the end. Um, I can see this real powerful, particularly with the girl who um, wants to kind of evoke the femininity of her work too. Now, there are not many commissioners who will go along with that. Um, we have Robert Bala here who took over Liberty Hall and has utilized that as his artistic space to show some of his now, he, in my mind, would be a very fine artist, but he also veers into the graphics area as well and the illustration area, but he's made it primarily as a fine artist. But do you feel the necessity for you to have a gallery specifically for graphic art that isn't commissioned, insofar as the Medici family commissioned Michelangelo? A lot of the work that we consider to be the fine art of the Renaissance really isn't fine art. It's commissioned by the Demetis. A lot of what's done wasn't what he really wanted to do as an artist, as a fine artist. Um, the girl mentioned there about struggling in the attic. Many of us who have done fine art are still struggling in the attic. We're not as joyful as all of you there, and I really commend you for having overcome that particular aspect of fine art. I think one of the girls on the panel has done fine art. A few of my friends have taken their own life. It is a difficult, uh, it is a difficult journey as a fine artist. Um, I mean, I'm enjoying the, the sense of positivity about you. You're all young. I mean, I'm in my 60s. I've NCAD as well, but I really, some of my best friends have never studied art. Um, the work that I'm seeing coming through visually is amazing. But I wonder how much of that has been commissioned or is it your real selves coming through with what I'm seeing there? And what we're not really seeing is what's commissioned and what you're getting paid for. I, I feel like I haven't really made my own personal, personal work in a long time um, because it's always tailored to brief, but that's the kind of payoff I get for working as a, an artist or an illustrator. Um, and I kind of don't mind that. I'm like, I'll have time when I'm older to make really work that I... I don't think anyone would want to see the personal work I, I'd make. Do you know what I mean? It'd be a lot of, like, periods and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of happy with that. But Like, I think I do still make personal work. Like, I don't have as much time for it at all anymore because, you know, I've got client work on and if the wolf's at the door hounding me for a deadline, I'm not going to be sitting painting you know, whatever I want to paint. But I think whenever you do do a lot of personal work, that is when you get your best client work, funnily enough, in illustration. And when you do personal work that is very authentic and, um, you know, like, for instance, I like um, whenever the referendum the abortion referendum happened last year. I made a lot of work on that. And that was just personal response to an event. And I've gotten so much work commissioned off the back of that now. So 
yeah thank god exactly no, but like it does it does happen that way as well in illustration so there's definitely scope for the personal and having your voice heard as well in commissioned work luckily um like i think it's getting a lot better actually for a, a lot of women illustrators are becoming really successful recently yeah. like there's a panel of four illustrators here and three are women which is great and um Sorry, Steve. <laughs> but, um, you know, there is actually a lot of, like, feminist um, resources, especially if you look digitally. There's so many resources these days that are women-focused. So I think it is a lot easier to put your personal work into your commissioned work. And I suppose as well, even, like, the idea that it isn't easy either. You know, you know, illustration isn't an easy industry to get into. I know, like, a lot of you will... You know, I've had other jobs throughout, you know, um, like freelancing kind of comes on the side of like restaurant work or retail work or whatever that might be. And, you know, it, it is similar in that sense. So while we're obviously talking about the positive aspects of different commissions you've got, that that isn't like the bigger picture, you know, it, it's, it's like any creative work, whether it's curating or, you know, whatever. It, it has a veneer sometimes of success behind it, but it, but it is difficult work, you know. I, I would say like uh, at one point I, w I expected there to be a big break moment, like um, whenever I landed a big client, I, I thought, oh, well, this is it. This is what it's going to be like from now on. And it's not, there's, n there's never a big break. Like I was saying earlier, there's peaks and troughs. There's moments where you have complete doubt in yourself and you're like, am I going down the right route here? Am I... Should I be drawing the flowers to get the interfloor job now? Um, so there's a huge amount of self-doubt, like there is in any arts discipline. Um, and yeah, there's no moment where you feel like, that's it, I made it now, I'm here, I've arrived, and here comes the money, because uh, I, I think every artist would say, where, where is the money? I want more money. We've actually had one or two illustrators leave us, folk, because they've decided to give up illustration, because, and these are illustrators who make fantastic work have had like great clients like all the rest of it and yeah they still just don't want to do it anymore because maybe it's like the lack of security because there is no financial security like some months like you say like I'm like oh sitting pretty good here like doing well and then the next month it'll be like nothing like and that's so yeah there are a lot of reasons why people would leave it and it can be really tough sometimes but again I think particularly with the four of us like we are quite lucky in that we have lots of friends like within the community and like like we said we have us folk which I think does make all the difference if you have if you're lucky enough to be able to have a space where you can go and kind of work together and kind of lean on each other I think well at least for me like that's what really makes the difference you know I have one question here um, uh, hi, it's more of a, a technical question, really. Is all your work, your finished work, produced digitally, or do you use traditional materials? And if you don't, do you miss that? Um, I use a mix, so I still sketch by hand because I can't draw properly digitally. Um, I still sketch by hand, and I still ink with, like, a brush and black ink, so all of my outline work... Oh, look, there's some on there. So all of the line work there is done by hand, and I actually really love the inking process. It's like therapy for me. It's like my favourite part. So even though it's time-consuming, I'm not inclined to give that up, but I colour everything digitally, and I will, like, you know, move things around and, like, do the sort of design aspect purely because it is quicker and easier. So... Um, same with myself to be honest I use a mix I recently got an iPad like a couple of months ago so my work's changed a little bit but um, generally I sketch on the iPad or sketch um, normally and then I would ink everything over once finals have been you know um, signed off and then yeah I colour everything digitally so again it's a mix um, I'm pretty much the same as well, but I have to start pencil sketches with pencil. I can't start it on tablet or whatever. Um, and then coloring everything digitally. Um, and then, but I kind of, half my work is murals, so I get to be outside using spray paint. Uh, so that kind of scratches an itch for me, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I do very similar, uh, where I sketch everything by hand and uh, then scan and ink and color digitally. Um, uh, and that, that took an adjustment period uh, whenever I moved over to doing it digitally. I used to use pen and ink, uh, like like um, uh, Fiona and, and everyone. And uh, I really loved that too. I found real therapy in that too. It was really nice um, to do that kind of mark making. Um, but I find it a lot quicker uh, for work to be digital. And I find a process of working digitally now that I really enjoy. find digital brushes that I really like and I've started to get more into animation as well and that's a whole lot easier whenever you're working digitally um yeah so it's my process 
Hope we've got another question because that's a real bummer <laughs> ending, isn't it? Uh, it's just, hi, it's uh, something I've come across in my life. Um, I'm back doing a master's at the moment in fine art painting. Um, I'm 62. <laughs> <coughs> but I worked as an artist in Paris and New York and Boston and just all over the place, London. Um, and as an illustrator, as anything at all I could get, I just told everybody, yes, of course I can do it. Um, <laughs> and um, graphic design, every, you know. What I find is I had to learn the hard way about the value of your work. Because even up to yesterday, I'm with a, a heritage group in Mount Bello where we live. And I'm there because I want to make an artistic response in my own way. But they're like, Okay, uh, so can you draw this kind of thing? They're showing me a brochure that an artist obviously got over a thousand euros, I'd say, for the work. Can you draw up these little birds now? And you can, so you can make a little uh, brochure for us. Sure, wouldn't that be lovely? And uh, I said, yeah, there's weeks of work in this. And yeah. so I have to make it very clear that I am not a hobby artist, that it's my profession. I, these are all people who are on big um, pensions, yeah? And they're doing this kind of mostly, you know, for an added interest in their lives. But me, I, I was really annoyed. I thought people still don't have that respect for an artist. But they did by the time I was finished talking to them. <laughs> and uh, I followed up this morning with an email because I'm working with, a, with an archaeologist and a scientist who should know better. But it's still that lack of respect for, Ash, you'll, you'll do an old drawing there for the, the Paddy's Day Parade one was the funniest ever. They wanted me to paint the float. I'm in the middle of trying to do a master's. <laughs> and, you know, I learned the value many years ago when I was doing a sketch of somebody's child just out of boredom, little scrawny hair and whatever. And the mother pounced on it and offered me money for it. And it took me about five minutes to do. And when I called back to her house um, I don't, a couple of years later, she had it in a gold frame in the hall. And I thought, wow, you know, like, you're, you know, well done, you guys, that you do think about, you know, your, your work has value. Thank you. That, that was I mean, all I wanted to say. You, you go down well in Asphalt Studios because that sounds like the kind of stories that we come in and tell each <laughs> other as well. So. Okay, unless there's any final questions, I think that's about us out of time. Is there anyone got anything else to ask before we finish up? Um, okay, in that case, I'd just like to thank um, BAI for inviting us down today. Um, and a huge thanks to all the panelists today, and thanks for coming along to hear us talk, and hopefully enjoyed um, getting a little bit of an insight into illustration within fine arts. So thank you. Thank you.